Hello everybody, it is Tom Chenault and it's the Network Marketing Leadership Show. We are going to have a blast today. Mark Victor Hansen finally brought some personality with him. Are you excited enough? I, the last, you know, I just really have been looking forward to this because Mark, you're okay man, but we just, we needed to raise the energy level a little bit and so I feel like we finally have a shot at it today. Yep, so you're never going to believe what happened this week. Some guy goes, I want to talk about contact mapping to you because I, I'm really impressed with that young man that you've got working for you. He is so sharp. Where did you find him? I go, well, I kind of had him. <laughs> it was hilarious. But the guy was all over how nice a guy you were and what a great hire I wow, was. That's good. Yeah. Only to find out he was talking about Jason Kohler, but that's yeah. another story. So this is so <laughs> awesome. But we have got Crystal Hansen with us and she is an unbelievable, unbelievable woman. and. I've done so much research into her because after reading the book Ask, it had such a deeper spiritual tone to it and meaning to it. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> how Mark could have done it. And all of a sudden, I realized this woman is not only extremely, extremely powerful in her life, but she's a very bright, deep thinking, unbelievable human being. Absolutely. So. Tom, you sure know how to make a girl feel good, you and Jason. So thanks for having me on today. <laughs> and like you had him, I outmarried myself. It's a simple deal. It's a simple equation in life. Oh my gosh, and you've been an expert in so many things. You know, it's just, I, I'm, I was blown away. I started reading your book and you said, read the parable first, which was absolutely extraordinary. And that's what got me going backwards to what you where you came from because crystal because i know you and mark have you know it's two plus one plus one equals 20. so before we go anywhere how in the world did you two figure out that you were going to change the world together that is mesmerizing to me wow well you know it was uh, we really feel like god brought us together it, seriously very literally my mother i had been recently divorced and uh my, I was writing a book because my clients were having such amazing breakthrough results and my uh, coaching practice, my transformational coaching practice. So I was writing a book called Pure Thoughts for Pure Results. And mom called me one day and she said, I just got this email and you need to go to this event. It's over in LA. I was living in Scottsdale. And she said, there'll be publishers and publicists and Mark Victor Hansen will be there. And I was like, Oh, whoa, mom. Okay. When is this event? She said, it's the day after tomorrow. And I was like, what? I, it's, it's sold out. I can't go. Mom. She's, she's pushing me going, you need to call him. Just try to get in. You need to go, you know, promote your book. So I just to humor my mom, I called the promoter. He called me right back, Rick Frischman, which was weird. In five minutes, the promoter called me back, not an assistant, not, he said, no, Crystal, we'll, we have plenty of room. Come over. We'd love to have you. A day and a half later, I'm at this event and uh, Mark's the keynote, and we end up in the VIP room, and I'm talking to a speaking coach. He's over there surrounded by an entourage of people, and this woman, I was not, I said, I'm not even going to drink. I'm going to be sharp. I'm going to toot my horn, talk about my practice and my business, and so I'm not drinking. I make a conscious decision not to even have any wine. This woman who's talking with her hands knocks a whole glass, ironically, of red wine on my white pants. No. And Mark sees it from across the room and he kind of breaks out of his crowd and comes rushing to my side and says, I think I know what the club soda is. Can I help you? And he pulled me out of the room. I was like, what just happened? So we started talking. 
And he asked me, he started asking me all about what I was doing. And I was telling him about my business and my book and everything. He said, there's something about you that is really compelling. And he said, I just feel like you have the ability to change the lives, especially for women. Can we talk more, but I'm starving. I'd like to go to get some dinner. And I said, sure, I haven't eaten either. So I run up to my room. I said, let me go change the, out of these red pants. <laughs> and uh, I called my mom and said, you know, just running fast, mom, but I wanted to check on the kids. Um, and I said, you won't believe this, but I'm going to dinner with Mark Victor Hansen. And she goes, I knew it. <laughs> I was like, you knew it. <laughs> you know, I guess it was mother's intuition, but we give my mom a lot of credit for bringing us together. And, uh, you know, here we are all these years later, we just, we, we, something magical happened that night. Can I add one thing? Yeah, for sure. So I say, look, I can't, you know, there's a thousand people here that just want two minutes of my time. And if I take you to dinner on this property, which is a great property, uh, we're not going to have any time. And I really see you as special. Can I take you off property? So we go to the best restaurant in Hollywood. We get there and there's a long line. It's like 930 at night. And I go, uh oh, a hundred dollar bill isn't getting us in. So I thought, oh boy, I love, because we wrote the book Ask and it's in there. So we go up to the maitre d' and he's discounting everybody, but he looks at her and those of you listening and not getting to watch, you'll have to look at a picture of Crystal. Fluke retrudeness just oh. emanates out of every pore of her being and she's got such strength of soul and character and eclectic wisdom that the guy looks at her and he goes, oh my God, she's a movie star. Who is she? And the guy's going through the People magazine and InStyle magazine and Vogue in his head as fast as he can. He says, okay, I give up. Who is she? Well, a good salesman, Tom, you know, you answer a question with a question. <laughs> yeah, I said, you don't recognize her? Now the guy's really dumbfounded. The guy's going at warp speed. He's got steroid going through his brains. And he said, okay, I give up. Who is she? I said, she's a queen. Now, we're both Danish. I said, we're the, she's a queen of Denmark. <laughs> I said, no, she's not. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, my God, she is. Who are you? Back to question. Ask. <laughs> who do you? Who travels with the queen? <laughs> oh, you're the king. <laughs> I didn't say I was so a king. Crazy. Said I was so a king. silly. That fast. We've got the private table and all those other people are waiting and they're waiting for an hour. Oh, and not only do we have the private table, but the head chef comes out with his little houndstooth. And we want to, you know, cop to the fact that we're goofing, but we have the best food, the best restaurant, and the chef's taking care of us personally. It's a little hard to tell the truth at this level. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't think they thought it was a joke. <laughs> wow. Have you guys read The Surrender Experiment with Michael Singer? He wrote it, The Untethered Soul, too, but his whole supposition is you never say no. And you just stand there and let God solve all problems, and that's exactly what you did. You showed up, let God have that glass of wine be spilled on you, had God, God was having Mark watch, and all of a sudden the entire world collapsed to your favor, and here you sit. And that's what I so love about living in that spiritual world, in a world that doesn't want to even embrace that. And you too just emanate that, and I agree. And I think you're bigger than the queen and king of Denmark in my eyes. Well, thank you, thank you. We had somebody, sorry, I didn't mean that, honey, but we had somebody say, we need you to take a leadership role today that was a little astounding to us. But what you're saying, let's go back to your thing. I agree with that. I don't, what was his name again? Michael Singer, he wrote The Untethered Song. Okay, so I will look that up. But we believe that 
questions, which, as we said, the subtitle of the book is The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. We have everyone's got a great destiny. But once you ask the question, the universe conspires to give you the right answer if you're asking positive questions. Now, if you ask negative questions, like I did in 1974, how do you go bankrupt? You go, yeah. That's that's 100% right. So the book, just just incredible. So talk, talk about how, because is this, is this is the first book that you two have written together, is that right? That's correct, yeah. I mean, that's a big, that's a big thing as, you know, for you to embark on in this new, as a couple in this partnership. So talk first about why, what was, why did you choose ask and the power of asking is the thing that you wanted to share together? Right. Well, you know, we are just so privileged to meet so many amazing people around the world, literally. And we, what we recognize is everybody has, you know, so much talent, so much charm, so much ability, like more than we've used, they're so smart, you know, more talent than you've used in four lifetimes. But we started to ponder what is it about these people who never quite achieve the level of success that others do, even though they have everything it takes. We're like, you know, this guy could be running a city and this woman should be a CEO somewhere, but like nothing seems to be working out for them. So we started asking the questions because we spend this hour together every morning in prayer, meditation, and discussion, you know, figuring these things out and prioritizing our lives. And we said, what is that one thing that sets people apart? If you could, if you could break it down to one thing, one tool. And we discovered that is the ability to ask. Those people who have, you know, massive success and happiness and achievement in life happen to be master what we call master askers and when we started to sort of peel back our own lives we realized that every time we've overcome some really difficult experience or taken ourselves to the next level it was through a series of questions you know asking ourselves and what we discovered is there are actually three channels that are equally important to ask through and those are ask yourself ask others and ask God. And each of those is equally important to be able to master what we call this asking journey. Wow. And that is it. That is the crux of the matter, everybody. And if you align all three of those and this book nails it, you are not going to have the outcome except the one that you want. And you better be careful about what you're asking for from that basis because it's likely going to come true. And that's really beautiful. It's absolutely the power of intention, Tom. I mean, as you know, in 1974, when I'm bankrupt, I was living outside another guy's room, sleeping in a sleeping bag. I was that broke, living in Hicksville, Long Island, New York. Things were really bad. But I finally sort of had the revelation because I kept asking, what do I want to do? I want to talk to people that care about things that matter, that would make a life-changing difference. And I go down to my three roommates. And I said, any of you guys know anybody young that's not a lawyer, not a doctor, not a famous person, not a celebrity, and not a cotton top, meaning somebody senior like I am nowadays? And they said, yeah, yeah, this young guy, he's a few years older than you, but he's making a fortune. He's a great speaker. I rush out to Hawpaw, Long Island, New York, and this guy's talking to 500 realtors. Wows him. Guy's name's Chip Collins. I ask him, I say, can I take you to lunch, Chip? I want to do what you do. He said, look, kid, chance you're making is one in a thousand. You're not going to make it, but... I'll tell you what to do if you stay out of my market. I own the five boroughs, the five boroughs of New York in real estate. You do life insurance. It's a bottomless pit. I'll tell you what to do. Well, I did a thousand talks a year the first three years, but people kept saying to me, Tom, 
do you have that in a book? Do you have that story in a book? Because I want to take it home to my wife and kids and family and company. So I did a book and I tripled my income the first year. I wrote a book called Stand Up, Speak Up, Win. And I never lied to people. It wasn't like this book, but I said, this is... So I didn't say it was an international bestseller or a New York Times bestseller, a national bestseller. It's my best. And I sold 20,000 copies at $10 each in the platform. I, I earned over $210,000. I've been earning about 75 grand before that. So I tripled my income. And I was just in heaven because everybody, well, you and I have been together, but wanted my autograph. And I thought, I am really important. <laughs> and it's all in languaging. And people don't get that. Uh, all the time, people ask me, how many people listen to my AM radio? And I go, it's unbelievable. And they always think that that must be like millions of listeners. But it's unbelievably low. So <laughs> I'm going to come back right after this. This is the Network Marketing Leadership Show on the Genesis Communication Network. Thank you, Ted Anderson, for keeping us on all these years on all of your radio stations. We will be right back. And we're back. You did it. <laughs> I just outed myself. Yeah, I, I always go, unbelievable. And people, never, nobody's ever said, really? You're unbelievably high or unbelievably low? So <laughs> They don't ask. <laughs> That's so cool. So, Adrian, what's up? So, I, you know, this, this power of asking, I think, is something that is so incredible. And, you know, it pertains to how you ask for what you want in life. It also pertains to having the courage to ask people about themselves, doesn't it? It's like there's we're so afraid to get past that surface area and into somebody else's heart and into what they're trying to achieve to ultimately unlock what they're looking for in their own life and how there's you know how those two things intersect. So talk about asking when it comes to getting to know other people and finding opportunities to partner together, Crystal. Right. No, it's such a good question, um, Jason. So we're you know. Adrian. Um, oh, Adrian. Sorry. Jason's my better looking counterpart. I'm so sorry. I'm looking, Adrian, I'm so sorry. I'm looking above you. <laughs> it says Jason. That's why I keep calling you Jason. Forgive me, Adrian. I'm so sorry. Um, anyhow, back, drink to that. back to the question. So we did a lot of research for the book and, um, you know, it, as it turns out, people are afraid to ask others for things, you know, and we all have these preconceived notions that we're going to appear to be stupid or ignorant or pushy or obnoxious or whatever that preconception is that prevents us from what you were saying, Adrian, to reach out to others, become a resource to one another. And it's one of the most important things we can do as human beings is to become a resource to each other, right? And so, but the, all of the studies show the opposite of what our preconception is. And that is that if you ask others, you are First of all, you are perceived to be a more likable person. You are just perceived to be more likable. If you ask questions and ask probing questions, that's huge, whether it's in business or in dating or whatever. And the second thing is, it's a very effective strategy because you're 80% more likely to get your request granted or get your answer or get what you're asking for if you just ask, you know? So we hold back. For no reason, it's it's the noise that's going on in our mind that's preventing us from asking, or it's what we call the seven roadblocks to asking. We should probably talk about those because we go through those in the book. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I, I want to get that on the radio, radio. So we'll, I and we do. We need to dive really into those because they're so good. And I kept, you know, I see some of myself in all of them. So well, let's go. We'll go into those more deeply. But you're so right, and that 
you know, that lie we tell ourselves that we're going to be poorly received when we ask, when we ask other people about themselves, when we get real. And in fact, it's the opposite. I mean, that's this powerful shift when you kind of experience it, right? 100% right. And one thing about your bio that was really intriguing to me, Crystal, is on your way up the ladder, your claim to fame was that you asked people stories about themselves, and then you wrote down and remembered little snippets so you could remind them of those snippets later. And that's exactly what we do for a living. You are like our poster girl. So I want to thank you so much because what you have been doing intuitively all your life is what the secret to success is for people. And that's where all we want to be is remembered. That's it. And I know right now that Mark's looking at you with such love. And you're looking, I know, but well, that's kind of happening, but you're looking into your- Mark gets a new job. Hang on. The dog. What's the name of your puppy that you two both love so much? Oh, London. Yeah. London. I had London on the air with yeah, us the other day, London just because so London jumped up. Dog that I mean, you just the name of the game is remember the little things no one else does, and I notice that about you, and that's the magic trick to success. It's what separates us. It is, and it's so important. It's about being curious about one another, really wanting to know. We have some amazing stories in the book about that. Like, you know, when it comes to just doing business, there's a great story by Preston Weeks, and it talks about you know going in to beat out this big behemoth in business. The key to that is, you know, most people go in when they want to do business with someone and they start to talk about, this is what I want to sell you and this is what I want to do for you and this is what I want to give you and it's me, 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 right? Yep. When, if, if we just go in and, and I encourage everybody to read that story when you get the book, but what you should start with is find out everything about that person, find out everything about that client. And like you said, write it down and remember it. Yep. Remember what you're seeing. Keep going. This is, you're not going to sell someone. You're going, you're trying to create a relationship. You're trying to create a bond and asking is what creates a bond between two people. And then contact mapping is a way to logically stay in touch, read it instantly, be at the fingertips or the wisdom tip of what everybody needs to know and be able to do because then they go my god you two remember everything about us our little dog london which we love so much <laughs> these work yeah, grand dog actually. yeah grand dog but we babysit look adrian yeah so first of all the the i love everything about this but the thing i love most is I watch you and give the most beautiful answer in the world, Crystal, and I watch Mark just sit back there and smile and yep. nod, and he's just reeling us all in. I know oh, it. It's just incredible. God, I'd love so, to have him. He reels me in, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. That is adorable that you notice that, Adrian. Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, yeah, I... I Mark, I need to take some notes. I'm, I'm, I'm like the interrupter, so I got to work on that. I got, I got some marriage, some marriage work to do over here. Uh, you got a wife already? I do. I have three kids, Mark. I have a nine. Oh, Molly, you look so wonderfully young. It's and, awesome. And that makes him a grandpa three times at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the best. So let's let's dive into those uh, the seven objections or the seven challenges that we have to overcome that keep us from from asking for what we need and, and what we deserve because i think that's an incredible lesson right so the seven roadblocks to asking are so important and the minute we start to recognize them in ourselves you know that awareness starts to change things so the first one is unworthiness and that is just that sort of childhood conditioning um that's happened kind of you know starts in our childhood sometimes continues over a lifetime that 
leaves us with the feeling that we're unworthy. We're unworthy of what we want. We're unworthy of success. We're unworthy of the answers, you know? The second one is naivete, you know, just not being aware. And that comes back to that childlike curiosity because I tell the story in the book about this woman who worked for us, Imelda, um, she's from the Philippines. And she's such a cutie. She used to make all come. My daughters were so tiny and uh, they were born 16 months apart. She would come every day and cook for us and make these wonderful Filipino dishes. And so one day she shows up with this fruit and she cut it up on a plate and handed it to me. And I bit into it. I'm like, that is the best fruit I've ever tasted. What is that, Melda? She goes, it's a mango. And I was like, a mango? How come I've never had a mango before? Where did you get it? Thinking she imported it from the Philippines. And she's like, at the grocery store. <laughs> like, These have been at the grocery store the entire time. And I've just been walking past them because uh, I'm naive. I don't even know they're there. So I'm not looking for it. And what, else, what other things in life am I passing by? What people am I passing by that might be the best connection I've ever made for business or for a new friendship or to source and serve something? What, what other business opportunities am I just passing by because I'm naive? I just don't even know they exist. And that comes back to curiosity, fostering that, that childlike curiosity. So we, we're, we stay wonders about the world. What is everything? And asking those questions so we're not naive, right? It's a huge roadblock for people. The next one is doubt. And that is what I call just sort of that gray zone where we're like, oh, I doubt this will work out. I doubt this is going to happen. I doubt this. I doubt that. You know, so we just don't take any action because we just have, we doubt everything. Um, the next one is excuses. And I think we all know those people who sort of have this stubborn pride, like, no, I don't need that help. I'm not going to ask anybody. I don't need to ask for anything. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and they just make all these excuses for just staying stuck and never reaching out, never asking, never doing anything different. Um, the next one is fear. And that is just the, really the terror of rejection. Some people are so terrified that they'll be rejected. And I think part of that is our need for love as human beings. You know, we all want to be loved. So some people feel like if they're rejected, they're losing love or approval and it's just devastating. It's so important to overcome because you're going to feel scared sometimes to ask some things, but we need to learn to just step on that fear with courage. And we have a lot of amazing stories in the book about people who have done that and how the outcomes are incredible. It changes everything in life when you can learn to step on your fear with courage. And then the last one, well, no, there are actually two more pattern paralysis. And that's um, you know, people who just get stuck in doing the same thing, the same pattern over and over and over again. It's not working. It didn't work yesterday or today. It's not going to work next week. It didn't work last year. And, you know, they just can't seem to recognize the pattern or ask about, you know, about the pattern. Is this working? Is what I'm doing? Is this system working? Um, if it's not working, time to look at it, time to ask questions. Um, and then the fat, final one is disconnection. I think that's a really sad one for us because we see that with people where people literally just become disconnected from the dreams in their hearts. And that's sad. That's that level of hope, hopelessness and apathy. And we just want to encourage everybody to wake up and start taking that asking journey again and get in touch with your dreams because it matters. You know, you matter to the world. Oh man, that is so beautiful. And it's a hundred percent right. And people are disconnected. Right now we're in a pandemic and people are scared. They're isolated. They're alone. And what your book did for me 
was gave me hope and and made me realize that if I just reach out to human beings out there that aren't probably getting reached out by anybody else, it is like a lightning bolt of love and hope that nobody else has sent. And I, I just encourage everybody watching this show to be doing that because people are suffering and they're scared and they're disconnected and everything that they thought to be true they have found out isn't and this book's going to bring them back to the center line don't you agree i completely agree. Well, i've got a hitchhike in what you said hold on hold that thought we'll be back right after this this is the genesis genesis communication network on the leadership marketing whatever this show is we'll be right back <laughs> Holy mackerel. Adrian just punched me right at the top of the hour because I about ask you a question right into the break. And I, you know, they're just going to fire me as all. So we're, this is the commercial contactmapping.com. Contactmapping.com. And, you know, what it's just, it's so fun that we're having these conversations right now because so much of what we're doing, you know, the, the interweaving of curiosity into the power of asking the interweaving of self-worth and you know self-talk and all you know all these different pieces there's you know the world is full of possibility but you have to show up you have to pay attention and you have to ask and if you don't do those things that you know there's going to be all kinds of great stuff that's just going to pass you by just like that mango in the grocery store and you're never even going to notice that you were missing out on the most delicious fruit in the I world. want to know about your mother nine kids how can there not be a mango in the family of nine kids didn't you have nine brothers is that right why yes tom because we grew up in idaho where there are lots and lots of potatoes but no mangoes. <laughs> a lot of ski slopes potatoes and no mangoes it gets too cold and my mom was really into she was an amazing woman you know nine kids same two parents too not it wasn't like some kind of divorce combination same for two parents and my mom was really cool she grew these gigantic organic gardens and she was doing juice cleanses before they were chic so she's a really special lady mackerel no mangoes for you <laughs> All right, go ahead. potatoes that is so cool and you know so i just i i love what we're talking about here because it, it really is it's it's that journey of doing the work, you know, figuring out what's stopping you from getting what you want in the world, overcoming it, and then starting, you know, just allowing God and the universe to give you what you're after. If you're, you know, if you're courageous enough to ask, if you're willing to show up, and you know, you are legendary for asking for just about anything, right? <laughs> I am so belate. You know, I am like I've been rejected by women by business, by everything. So many times it's like water off a duck's back. So he will tell you it is literally uncomfortable for everybody else around because I ask and it's been absolutely my secret weapon. And your book actually validated how I've lived my life because I think it's all, you know, I don't ever think it's manipulation. No, I just think it's, let's go for it. I, he, I, no, no, sorry, Adrian, not only do I agree with Tom, but like we're with one of our daughters who will go unnamed. By the way, she's one of six girls and three boys, and I'm one of four boys. Um, the, the point is I've got our little one of our daughters out at dinner, and sitting on the other side of the restaurant is one of the top authors in the world who will also go unnamed. But I wanted to just go over and talk to her. She said, Dad, that will be an embarrassment. You can't just go just do that. I said, if she wasn't with me, we would have both gone over. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't see it's an embarrassment. This guy wants to know me as much as I want to know him. I'm convinced of it. No question about it. You, it I believe I'm a gift. That's that simple. <laughs> we have to live there. So yeah, there's nobody I won't call on the phone or reach out to. And I, I truly, if they do end up shutting me down, I blame them. It's their loss. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, I gotta, uh, agree. I got to go back one statement, though. We, we did all the research for our great book, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams, Your Destiny. Then we checked out all the stuff at Harvard and Stanford and Yale and all that, Cambridge. But most importantly, we interviewed the 26 master askers. Here's what's happened. The, they came back to us and they've said, hey, because of your book, we are doing equivalent contact. We're going back to the people we haven't talked to three a day, each of them, two separate people, one Rita Davenport, who you know, one of the great comedic geniuses of our time. Her best friend was Irma Bombeck, next door neighbor. And, and the other, uh, you know, the guy who wrote uh, um, Contact, what, uh, Alex, what is it? Alex? Constant Contact. Constant Contact, who's a billionaire. Yeah. He said, I call three old friends every day. And he says, first of all, exactly what you said, they get hit by a lightning bolt of love, hope, joy, connectedness, because they thought, well, you're big, you're important, you're famous, you know how to ask, you've got good self-esteem, you'll never call me. And he said it brightens her whole day. And he says, I've got, Alex said, I've gotten three giant pieces of business that I wasn't even looking for. But I, I you know, he plugs and plays stuff in his little empire in Boston at MIT. So it's amazing. It, you know, you've got to stay in touch. Everybody's got to become a master asker and a master at content, uh, contact mapping. Amen. And here's the crazy thing. Rita Davenport was the woman who stole the boyfriend in the famous song by Dolly Parton. Did you guys know that? No, are you, was it Jolene? No, oh, that's a fact. Wow. Are you serious? It was the What's that song about some guy and some girl, and it was about Rita Davenport. She must have been a bombshell in her day. She, she was, so Rita Davenport is one of our best friends, but she's also Dolly Parton's best friend. She introduces Dolly Parton by saying, this is my best friend. <laughs> she has small feet because nothing grows in the shade. <laughs> She's the funniest woman. Oh, I love her. She is so funny. Talk about a great story of asking, and I don't know if we have time to tell it here, but I would love to if we have time. Her story gives you all the reasons. Let's, let's come back. So we're that. at contactmapping.com. So please do something. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired twice. We're coming right back right now. Give us three seconds. And we're back. This is the Network Marketing Leadership Show on the Genesis Communication Network with Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault, Crystal Hansen, and her husband, Mark Victor. And we're back. So now we're going to hear a story that I want to hear from the great Crystal Hansen about Rita Davenport. So this is one of my favorite stories in the book, number one, because I love Rita and she's just such a, you know, firehouse she's just so cute she's just amazing but anyhow you know Rita she was a she was a broadcast journalist at a television station one of the most um, popular women in TV in Arizona for many many years she started her own cooking show and it was called cooking with Rita and she had on all the famous chefs on at the time Wolfgang Puck and Julia Childs and all these people and it was at the time the most uh, watched daytime show in Arizona was very famous so she had this brilliant idea that she put together put a bill put a business plan together that she would start a whole cooking network and she put you know she really is a smart lady she put the plan together made an appointment 
um, held a meeting with the corporation who owned her station. Well, in the meantime, the, uh, com the competitor station, um, the guy that managed that station, a guy named Jack, would watch Rita's show every day. And the, the people who worked around Jack would call Rita and say, this is weird. I think he has some kind of weird crush on you. Because he <laughs> locks the door, he gets his notebook out, his notes of everything you do, everything you say. It's like he's studying your show. And, um, you know, she kind of blew it off. So she has this meeting with the corporation, presents her business plan to do this food network. They listen patiently and then they say, hey, look, Rita, we really love you. We know your show is a great success, but this is a terrible idea. No one will ever, there'll never be an appetite to watch food shows all day long. That's never going to be a success. We encourage you just to, you know, forget about it because there's no way we're going to be able to get behind it. Well, she felt rejected, went home, put her plan on the shelf. A few years later, Jack Clifford, the guy who studied Rita's show and copied it verbatim, started the Food Network. Oh my gosh. No, no doubt in my mind. Wow. No doubt. And, and it's true. And she, they've even had a, a conversation about it later. And when Jack sold his piece of the Food Network, he sold it for $3 billion. It was worth $3 billion. Now it's worth who knows what, way more, because that was a few years back. But she confronted Jack because they stayed, they were colleagues. And at a black tie event, she said, hey, Jack, I know you, I know you stole my show. You know, stole my idea, you know. And the least you could have done is give me some credit. He goes, I know I did, Rita. He's like, you're right. I took the whole thing. The whole thing was your show, your idea. And she's like, come on, you know. <laughs> Love, reciprocity. You should have given me something. That wasn't very nice. And he goes, well, yeah, I, maybe I should have because when I, when, at the time I sold my share, it was worth $3 billion. So Rita says, it was my $3 billion lesson on never stop asking. She asked one time, the first person who said no, she put her tail between her legs and stopped and went out and hid. Imagine what had happened if Rita had not stopped asking. And what does she close with? Get your well, she gives a talk that's called Get Your Ask in Gear. <laughs> we all need to do that, right? You gotta wow. love it. That's true, man. And another thing to all you people watching, if there's a business transaction out there, don't get circumvented. I mean, the trouble with guys like me and guys like you two is that everybody picks us off for our contacts, then they go over in the corner and make the deal and we see them two years later and we were cut out of the middle and it always troubles me. And I try to, you know, it's all that, that law of represent or whatever that word was that was 40 miles long, you know, like you just don't. <laughs> And it's that simple. And what I love about you two, and Mark, I'll never forget, like last week, I had some tough stuff going on in my life. And I, I wanted a mentor for my son who is going through it. And uh, you said, what's he more passionate about than anything in the world? And I'll never forget this as long as I love. And I know you got the Horatio Alger Award and a lot of things, and you've been unbelievably successful in life. But what you said to me, out of the sky blue, was what's he love? And I said, he loves art. He said, you get his feet on the ground and you have him call me and I'm gonna get the three top artists in the world to mentor that young man. And I'll never forget that. You didn't say I'm gonna get something, I want something, you said I'm gonna do it. And I'll never ever forget that because it just shows me the man and the couple that you are and who I wanna be when I grow up and thank you. You're not gonna grow up, either am I, because both of us 
are going to live long and prosper. So get that notion out of your head. About it, man. So talk more. Let's talk about that that persistence piece because I think that's so that's such an important lesson wherever you are in your career that you have something and I loved the the allegory or the fable at the beginning of the book because I think there was such a you know a beautiful thread through all of this and so maybe you want to weave that in but just you know this sense of there you know you do have a destiny we all have a destiny actually you I don't know I'm sure you don't remember this I don't know if I I don't know if I've talked to you about this but my high school graduation he wrote me a card that said never be afraid to go where no one has gone before you wrote that in a card to me for my high school graduation. And I just had this reinforced sense of that I'm going to accomplish something great in my life. And that was such a gift. And we all, however far down buried that is, wherever you are in your life, we all know that we do. We all know that we have this destiny that is there and we got to dig ourselves out of this hole in this wall and whatever we've put around ourselves but talk about how somebody who maybe feels really far from that destiny now can start to reawaken themselves to those possibilities so three parts to it but when i'm a little kid nine years old my parents have no money and i don't understand that they you know my dad owns a little bakery and he makes five cents a roll so he doesn't have the money to buy the bicycle i want so I learned you can sell greeting cards on consignment. I sold 376 boxes in one month. Look, I'm to my beautiful neighbors who I just went around a little neighborhood and said, I'm earning my own bicycle. And all these housewives would come out on a Saturday morning and I say, would you like to invest in one box of Christmas cards or two? I sold all those. I became the number one guy. 40 years later, that same company comes back to me and says, you know, you and Jack are selling so many books, 15 million books a year. We want you to do a greeting card line. And I, I did it. Then we sold 897,000 box of greeting cards that I wrote and Jack just, you know, signed off on. And it just went crazy. So it's interesting, this whole karmic loop, the reciprocity, the value cycle is it, really big, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you've got to think positive, stay positive, talk positive, live positive, be positive. And then how do you handle rejection? You got to ASK to GET the business. And when you do get rejection, like what you said about your dad, Tom, is you got to be rejection proof. You've got to say NEXT. Next, that person just wasn't smart enough to say yes. And I, my last example would be I, I am selling more books than anybody of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, and uh, the lady at Time will not put us in the Time bestseller list. So I finally get her on the telephone, and she was a Harvard person, and I thought, well, Jack's a Harvard person. He graduated third in his class. This is going to be a cinch. She was, she was uh, reprehensible. How's that? I'll do the nicest big word I can to say that she was obnoxious. Anyhow, <laughs> she says, you don't understand. At the New York Times, we do not do multi-authored books. But you're sure. She said, I am absolutely positive. I told you, we do not do multi-author books. I said, my dear, you do the Bible. It's got 66 books. If you do maps, it's got 97. She said, son, you're in next week. Wow. Yeah, and that's the name <laughs> of the game. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. Why didn't you think of that? I know, right? And I do a hitchhike in that because you guys are having fun laughing. So my publisher, I say, you know, everyone says, you guys will never outsell the Bible. And then we'd only told, sold like 130 million books, which is a pretty serious amount of books. And uh, he said, so what are you going to do? I said, I want to do Chicken Soup for the Soul Bible. And the publisher said, get out of here. That won't work. So I said, 
write a note, give me freedom, I'm gonna go get this done. I do little stories getting to big stories. I do a chicken soup of the soul Bible with a purple cover, gray lint, and we sold 70,000 a week at Walmart, which you know, just amazing. And he said, whoa, I guess I shouldn't doubt you. I guess, I said, I guess not, but you did, I didn't. I got, here's the letter, you wrote it. You said it wouldn't sell, I think it'll sell. <laughs> Are you just astounded that you just wrote your best book ever? Act is unequivocally the best book I've ever written. And, and forgive me, but yesterday we're on the biggest show in Europe. And, and the guy's in Switzerland doing this interview. And, and he says, go ahead, what did he say? This is the... Oh, he, it was amazing. He said, you know, when I got this book, I thought it was just going to be another self-help book. But he said, honestly, this is the best book I have ever read. And he I believe said, it. so much sincerity that he had gotten the book and read it before we got on the podcast. And it was just... So beautiful. We're getting amazing feedback from people. And we wrote this book with so much heart and soul. I mean, we really, we really dug deep at a very spiritual level. And we want people to be inspired to come back to who they really are. And that is, you know, we talked in the beginning of the book, and this kind of refers back to what you were asking, Adrian, about, you know, we all start out as children being master askers. We come into this world curious about everything. You know, we want to know who, what, when, where, how, and why. And then we also want to ask for more, more, more. And that's beautiful. That's human spirit in bloom, right? But over time, that curiosity gets crushed out of us. We get shut down by parents, teachers, bosses, life, you know, rejects us over and over again. And that starts to get crushed down. And so we start to feel badly for asking, uh, embarrassed, guilty, all of these things, you know. So what we're saying is we need to rekindle that beautiful childlike spirit of being curious about everything, asking about everything, connecting with everybody, wanting more from life. You know, we are supposed to be here to evolve and expand. It's okay that we want more and more and more. That is the natural human spirit jabbing at you, you know, saying, let's go do this to the fullest extent. Absolutely. I like the guy in Switzerland. We're going to take a break, but this is pretty funny. I wasn't going to tell this story. So Adrian walks into the, into the studio and I'm sitting there reading your bio again and getting ready. And I looked up at him and I go, what do you think? And he goes, and he said, what'd you think? And I said, Wait, one of us said this. <laughs> this is confusing. <laughs> Pacing and beautiful. Uh, and Adrian, I was talking about you. <laughs> and Adrian was going, no, the book, Dad. And that was what was so funny. Because it was so embarrassing because I'm such a hound. You know, I thought he was, I, That's it was so cute. The timing of the deal. And I was kind of embarrassed and I'm embarrassed again. But yeah, not only, both are. So all of you, during the break, I want you to go and buy this book. Absolutely. Ask. you got to go buy it right now by Crystal Hansen and her husband, Mark, because I am telling you, it is that good. We're coming back right after this. It's the Network Marketing Leadership Show. And Richard Brooke, you guys got to get on his podcast, too. He is a beast. And he's got he's in Hawaii and just all of it in a bag of chips. And he's been commenting the whole show because he's in love with you and said that... Yeah. Uh, also, it was the it was the song Jolene that uh, Rita Davenport. So that song, and ironically enough, Rita is watching right now. So that's also very cute. So she's out there. Awesome. Rita's watching. Rita, Hi, Rita. I love you. 
Oh, yeah. So take wow. it away. We'll get her back on the show. I uh, I love her, and she is such a card, and her wristwatch story is epic and everything about her, so we'll get her back on, but you want to do a commercial? Let's do a commercial. I, so, you know, what has been so fun about having this conversation is, you know, whether it's Rita Davenport, which leads on to Dolly Parton, which leads on to, the, you know, the Food Network, like, our, everyone's stories are intertwined, and you just, if you start becoming a student of people's stories and the inner connections between people and the opportunities that arise for yourself and for others. You, I fundamentally have seen it happen and know it to be true that you can literally get whatever you want in life from those connections and being somebody that is the connector inside of that. Yeah. And that's what we're doing inside of contact mapping. And what, you know, it's been interesting because we launched, so we launched contact mapping as an app uh, about two and a half, two, two and a half years ago. And the app is incredible. But what we realized is that it's really the tool, you know, and, and we knew this, but it was like, you, it just became plain as day. The tool is just the it's just the the thing that you use to to capture this stuff but the magic happens in the community where you're creating these breakthroughs for people and so over the last three weeks we just relaunched a brand new contact mapping community uh we've actually we got to have mark as a keynote guest inside of that community which was incredible thank you so much for doing that mark and what's happening is people are experiencing these breakthroughs and they're experiencing this momentum inside of having conversations with people and seeing all these dots start to connect and these opportunities show up. And if you're listening to this, if you're watching this right now, that's there for you, right? Like you have, you already have all of these connections around you. You might feel like I'm not connected. You know, these people, you know, Mark's famous and Crystal's, you know, been all over the world doing all this stuff. You know, they have these, but that's not me. It is you, and you just have to wake up to that reality because it's there and it's just, you know, it's passing you by right now, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. Every single person that you come in contact with is a resource. I mean, if we start looking at life like that and then we start, you know, paying attention and that awareness, and I love the idea of the contact mapping, you know, keeping track of that and really because there's so much value in it. It's like really recognizing the value and then keeping track of it. Amen. That's like, you know, nothing's worse. If we would have called your dog England, you'd have been all mad or called your dog. Why'd you name the damn dog Denmark? Why? Why? <laughs> Back to what you're saying though. I got older brothers that have retired and what happens is they didn't do contact mapping and let me do it. I'm going to do the negative of what, what happens if you don't do it. You lose contact with your fraternity brothers, your business, your pastor, your minister, priest, rabbi, and all your old friends. And then the only time they ever show up is at your funeral. And you get to do a funeral for one of my brothers and it, it is heartbreaking because they said, God, he fell off the map for me. No one should fall off the map for somebody else that's significant. I mean, like, I'll just do one guy. I, as you know, I started a rock group when I was 16. The Beatles came out. and I, I, I love Paul McCartney, and, and I, so I became a bass player, and I was one of the most booked young bands ever. Made a lot of money going through high school so I could go to college. Yeah, the, and she says my name is prophetic. It was called The Messengers. Can you imagine that? <laughs> oh, wowie. Yeah. So 
But we, we had a lovely Jewish guy named Stephen Rodriguez and Alan Cohen, who became our best friend. And he said, I'll manage you for free. And what he was, you, today we'd call the groupie. Now he's gone out and built empires. But back then he just wanted to be where all the girls were and the girls were going to be wherever the band was because, you know, girls are attracted to music, dancing and having the men, you know, be around them. So, but Stephen's still one of our great friends, but we've stayed in touch for 50 plus years. That's what is important, ladies and gentlemen. And what contact mapping does is has nobody fall off the map the world's not flat, the world's round, and contact mapping keeps you in touch in a circular way, which is what you've got in your emblematic letter C that's disconnected, so at least you got to go back and forth to get to everybody. <laughs> but what's so cool? And you know, when you're 60 years old, all of a sudden you start feeling like you're, you're unemployable, pretty much, and your relevance is going out the window by all these kids with all their technology. The way to stay relevant is your Rolodex, your circle of friends and influence, man. I've never been more relevant right now at age 69 than any time in my whole life as a result of my contacts, my friends, and staying in contact with them, just like you guys. And that's what we got to do. So we're coming back for the final segment right after this. Thank you, Adrian. So shut up for a second. Okay. And we're back. It's the Network Marketing Leadership Show with Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault, Crystal Hansen, and Mark Victor. And it's such a fantastic show. So if you didn't buy the book during the break, I'm coming to your house. Because you got to buy this book. It is that good. And everything about it is centered from the spiritual spot where you're doing it to make the world a better place. And if you're doing it for manipulation, because this book is powerful, it's gonna come back to haunt you. Because I want you to understand right now, Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal, not only are unbelievable in the world of books, but these people are such proponents for making this earth clean with water, with air, with karma. I mean, you guys have dedicated your life to that as much, you know, working with Bucky Fuller, obviously you had to think pretty big from a very, very young age. You know, he mentored you when you were what? He was 51 and you were 21, something like that. Crazy stuff. Yeah, that's exciting, Mark. And you've taken on a responsibility for the planet and you found a life partner who feels the same way. That's got to feel good, doesn't it? Well, when I was out of, getting out of a, a bad marriage, I wrote down 267 things I needed in my ideal woman. And one of which is, hits on what you're saying. We had to have exactly the same values. In other words, I asked that she be beautiful, that she takes good care of herself. She owned her own business. But, but we had to have the same spiritual values and the same desire to travel. And really, you know, the bottom line, what Bucky Fuller taught me, Dr. Fuller, was make the world work. Because... Right now, we're, Bucky would say we're in emergency, which causes emergence. So the world's coming out of sequestration. And if they'll read our book, Ask, it'll wake them up to their inner resources, their inner soul, their inner ability, the, the God in them that can go do these amazing things to right all the wrongs, to use you know, King Arthur's uh, roundtable story of Camelot. And, and you know, we can make the wrongs right for the first time by might rather than uh, by by right rather than might is what King Arthur would have said. Well, it's beautiful stuff. And the reason I wove that in, because the underlying message in this book is, so, is as big as the entire message of the book. And it's just, it's not about just learning to ask, it's a learning to think globally and act globally and treat people with love and get what you want. Everything about it's there. It is. And 
you know, I think there's, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this, because I think there's this, you know, there's this sense that there is, there's a good force in the universe that wants good for everyone and wants good for you. And awakening yourself to that reality is an important piece of this, that it, if that it's there and, and we don't live, a lot of us don't live our lives that way, I don't think, do you? Well, yeah, I mean, we rely on that, actually. I mean, one of my favorite questions is, you know, God, will you show me how to be the best expression for which you made me? Because I don't know what that is exactly all the time. But I know that if I continue to ask that question, that all of those answers are always revealed to me. And, um, you know, it's what we call having a more intimate relationship with God and the divine. You know, when you, when you seek out that intimacy with God, you start to get answers almost everywhere you look. It's all around you. You know, suddenly you'll, you'll start asking for something, you know, with a trusting heart and the perfect, per you have a problem that needs to be solved and the perfect person calls you and gives you the exact solution you needed. And um, it's just amazing and it's miraculous. And so I think we need to all understand that and be a little bit more trusting and believe. We, we have this section of the book called Prepare to Be a Good Asker. And the first um, principle of preparation is to believe. You need to believe that your answers are out there waiting for you somewhere. And you also need to believe that you deserve those answers. And if we could all approach life that way, how much different would it be, right? That's exactly right. And we, you know, I, I, I asked Mark his shirt size last week because I wanted to send him a love like crazy, then love more t-shirt that's just beautiful. And now I want to send you one too. In fact, I might even send you two of them because you, young lady, have been a breath of fresh air. And thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show. It really made our day. I thought you were going to give me the shirt off your back, Tom. That's what you <laughs> promised. <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that don't know, <clears throat> Tom and I have been doing shows together yeah. uh, for years, and we've done them with everybody, with each other and with Art Linkletter and other celebrities. And it has been it, it has been a joy to my heart every time to be on Tom's show and now to meet his son, who's way smarter than he is, just like Crystal's way smarter than I am. <laughs> better than ever. And I see Tom smiling and chortling. For those of you only able to listen in radios, I, you know, I just want you to know we have fun together. And the purpose of life, which Tom and I agreed to a long time ago, is absolute joy. Amen. If you don't have that, don't do it. Love everybody. See you all next time. Greg Reed's our guest next week. You're going to love him. We'll be back. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can get a lot more content like this going to contactmapping.com.